Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One, goo, three, yeah! Thank you, Marcus. Another episode of Mac and Goo sitting here with Mac. Goo, what's the haps? It's the haps on the craps. Shake them up, shake them up, shake them. <laughs> Mac, who is sitting next to you in the Mac and Goo casting couch? Uh, sitting next to me is Spider-Man superfan, B-Dars, <laughs> Ben Darsney. In for the first time. I am. Thanks, guys. Very happy to be here. Talk about Spider-Man. As you said, super fan. Haven't had that title before. <laughs> Very honored. Well, so you say that you haven't had that title, but Ben, what is tattooed on your chest? Yeah, well, that's a good point. I do, I do have the Spider-Man symbol, uh, technically from the first movies, tattooed on mm. my chest. So wear it with me everywhere I go. <laughs> Which is, the I never is funny forget because it. Mac has a Topher Grace autograph tattooed yes. on, on his back. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. It's a tramp stamp. It, it's it's a tramp. got a wonderful autograph. It, I just couldn't pass. Right, right under says, the Venom yeah. symbol. Right? Yeah. It, it just says Topher Grace. It's the Venom symbol. And then under that is a picture of Topher Grace's face with the Venom fangs. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those fangs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to all the new listeners or to anyone who has forgotten, we are a podcast that is all about friendship, but also... We rate things on a 40 hot dog system, so when we are giving movie reviews or movie ratings, we'll be using 40 hot dogs. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming debuted this past weekend. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the people are loving it. People are loving it. Yeah, it is uh, currently, as of recording this, the highest critic score on Rotten Tomatoes that a live-action superhero movie has ever gotten. Hot damn! Very impressive. Yeah, pretty That's very good. impressive. And uh, the user score is just under it. It's at 94% 92% right now. Obviously, that's subject to change, especially the the user score. But the critic score is probably going to be locked into that ninety three to ninety five range, which is quite good. I mean, we saw very big yeah. this year. We've had Logan and Wonder Woman both in the nineties on both, so it's been a very good year for superhero movies. So once again, with Rotten Tomatoes, it's more of a thumbs up, thumbs down type of thing, right? And I couldn't see anyone really saying this movie sucks. This movie's right. below a sixty. Yes, absolutely, and that, and it's a complete binary thing. You either absolutely, liked it or you yeah. didn't. So there's 6% of the critics that don't like it. And that's the same question we ask about every movie that's in the 90s. Like, which asshole didn't like this movie? <laughs> yeah. And who, a lot of times, who didn't vote for a lot of times I'm kind yeah. of that asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that type of situation. You're being contrarian just for the sake of it. So we've gotten four superhero movies this year. Yeah. We started with Logan. Correct. We got Guardians Volume 2. Yeah. Wonder Woman. And now Spider-Man Homecoming. And I would say it's definitely in the top two. It's one of the two yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say the other one is Logan. And they're completely different movies, so it's really hard to compare them And actually, on the way home from the theater, I was talking to Dana, and I said, out of the four that have come out this year, 
which is the best? Yeah. And she goes, well, it's only three. You can't count Logan. Which she, is somewhat she, fair. She yeah. goes, it's not a comic book movie. It's just an amazing movie. Yeah. Which I agree with completely, and that's why I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but well, then she also went down, and she kind of went off of rewatchability, mm-hmm. which is kind of how I look at movies sure. now. Because once agree. you see it once, it's like, do I want to watch it again? Yeah. Really liked Wonder Woman, yeah. but I'm not like chomping at the bit to see it again. Whereas Spider-Man, I'm like, I really want to watch it again right now. And what happens is once you see a movie two, three, four times, that's when you start to nitpick and pick it apart and find the holes in the movie. So that's where I start to deviate. Like Doctor Strange, for example, leaving the theater, I thought that was the greatest fucking thing ever. Like that was an amazing movie to watch. I will say that Doctor Strange is a better in-theater experience than Spider-Man Homecoming a little bit for me. I still maintain that Strange was the best in-theater experience I've had in like 10 years. as if you're saying, Goo, you can watch it right now, not in 3D. I'm saying you keep your Doctor Strange. I'm all set watching Spider-Man. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And uh, with this movie... I feel like the humor wasn't dumbed down. Like it was some clever humor in this yeah. movie on the level of Guardians One, One where yeah. they, they, they mixed the action and the humor together and it they just worked so well. They didn't go out of their way to either get silly or to like try and jam a joke in or right. to do the old like you get a joke, you get a joke, you get a joke. <laughs> the comedy, the humor really fit in well for this high school drama, high school comedy type of yes. movie. Yeah. Which is what Marvel went with this time, which is great. Now, before we get into Homecoming, yep. how do you view the Marvel Universe as of right now? What are like your top three? And then how did you look at like the Raimi-verse slash the Web-verse? I guess you can call it the other one. <laughs> so hard to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so goofy. Uh, love Marvel movies. Love Marvel comic books forever, really. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, as far as Marvel movies go, you know, it's kind of hard to to miss with the top three, top five. It's really about what order you have them in, I think, yep. for most people who are really well-versed in them. I might be a little bit different. I think I still put the first Avengers at the top of my list because yeah. that, that movie just blew me away the first time I watched it and the second and the third time I watched it in theaters. Pulled off the group dynamic so well. That Hulk scene at the end still gives me goosebumps when I watch <laughs> it. It's just awesome. That um, quick look back. Yeah, exactly. I'm always angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just pulled off so well. Um, after that, I think I'd go with Guardians 1, number 2, Civil War, number 3. After that, it gets a little murky. Homecoming might be up there in the 4 or 5 range. Uh, really love Iron Man 1 as well uh, as an introduction to the universe and a, just a great origin story in general. As far as Spider-Man movies, I actually went back and rewatched all five of them this week before seeing Homecoming. Jesus, which, I, that is dedication. There was, right there. Yeah, was the fact was... that you could sit through Spider-Man three or the Amazing Spider-Man one or two. There's been so many gifs on or gifs, however you want yeah. to say them, yeah. on Twitter all week of the Spider-Man dance scene from oh, three, yeah. where he walks out of the salon with the finger guns and shit. Oh, Still it's great. as cringeworthy as it was, whatever <laughs> ten years ago or whenever it came out. And it was it was something I was kind of toying with, and I was like, you know, screw it. I ordered the Blu-ray packages on Amazon. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, uh, especially after. Could, could you imagine the guy in the Amazon warehouse? <laughs> Someone ordered Spider-Man 3. Wait, we have copies of Spider-Man 3? Well, luckily, well, it's a yeah, box set. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, okay. All right. Seen, I've seen at Target cheap. and Best Buy, they either have, you can get the original trilogy or the amazing webverse, if you will. Yes. Or you can get all five in one complete. You can get all five Sony package. Yeah, wow. I think that's like fifty or something like that. Yeah, so wow, okay. it was. I didn't do that. I got the Raimi and the Web uh, <laughs> verse separate. 
No, um, he had to have been hired just because his last yeah, name yeah. Like, oh, oh, he exactly must like did. the comics. <laughs> um, He's perfect. Sign him up. <laughs> it was really funny because I was like, he's talking, you know, like a box set. They each get their individual sleeve. It's like, no, the Raimi ones are just three DVDs in one slot stacked on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the web ones are just like, you open it up and there's one on either side and no frills at all. And they cost like nine ninety nine each. <laughs> it sounds like cheap. when... Uh, a couple of years ago, I bought the complete series of What's Happening. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. oh, and wow. in the box set, like, it's a really big box set. And they sold you, that in stores. It was at Best Buy. And then you open the box, and it's all of them stacked on top of each other. <laughs> not, not even separated, not even... It's just literally stacked on top of wow. each other. Yeah. Really, you gotta save space. You gotta save plastic. But they know? also probably said, only one person is gonna buy this. True. Because True. rerun's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the cast is probably dead. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So, Spider-Man Homecoming... Like Ben just kind of said, he has it up in his top five. Four, yeah, top five. Yeah, so. I would probably have it five or six, maybe. I, I'm, in, I'm definitely a little higher on this movie than you two. Well, are. No, no. Okay. So I, but with, I the, with the caveat that you guys know much more about the comic book history of Spider-Man, yeah. and I don't. I'm kind of ignorant to that. So I'm just ignorant. I'm, I'm ignorant to that, so <laughs> yeah. I got my rose-colored glasses on today, I'll tell you that. You also have some of the worst cases of recency bias that have ever gone Every down. time, pretty much for the last two years, every time I have left the theater for a Marvel movie, it's been my second favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least you're and, consistent with it, though. Yeah. <laughs> and much like Mac always says to me about Pixar movies, where you have to hold these to a higher standard, yeah. if they aren't groundbreaking every single time, then they're just taking a step back. Yeah. I look at Marvel movies pretty much the exact same, so... I liked the dynamic in this one, and I really liked how the comedy wasn't shoehorned in there, mm-hmm. and a lot of it works really, really well, and you might have a top two villain in this movie. Yeah. There is some stuff that we'll get into in the spoiler part that yeah. maybe I didn't like as much, but I have it right around five, six. Okay. Well, I have it number two. It is my <laughs> second favorite Marvel movie. And when Thor comes out, that'll be number two. I am uh, struggling with my hot dog rating. I'm going to try to talk it out here. And I'm sure when I hear some of you guys' drawbacks, it might knock it down. Uh, But what I loved about it is we didn't waste time on an origin story. You had a pretty unique open to the movie. Well, first of all, I liked the opening with Keaton. Yeah. yeah, normalizing, humanizing the villain of the film. So you kind of they took our germs. Uh, that was cool because immediately you're like, oh, I kind of sympathize with Keaton's side. Yeah. So now you're rooting for both sides in it, number one. And number two, the little POV Spider-Man cell phone camera stuff, that was really unique and, re- and a really cool way to show where he was and his feelings during yeah. Civil War. Yeah. I liked that. And both of those were out of the way within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So now we're just hopping right into the action. Well, not necessarily the action, but you know the story of the film. I really enjoyed... The high school aspect of it, I thought it was a very realistic, or the most realistic portrayal we've gotten of like Spider-Man of Spider-Man school, yeah, in yeah. high school, high school dynamics, stuff you're dealing with as like a 15 year old kid. So I really enjoyed that aspect. I thought that we got just enough Tony Stark, not too much, not too little. I thought it was a yeah. good aspect. Not to spoil anything, but yeah. Basically, anything Tony Stark in this movie you saw in the previews. There is no more, no right, less. Right. Should I talk about? What you can you, save stuff for the, the perceived spoiler that you were pissed about at me what when I, when I texted about? you and said so and so's in the movie. No, you can save that. Okay. All right. Well, I thought that this movie did a good job of being self-contained in its own Absolutely, little yeah. universe. Yeah. That was uh, one we, of the best things about it. It was, yeah. it was New York and a little bit of DC. Yeah. And that's it. And Marvel has had a problem with villains. So, like you said, Vulture's probably the second best one we've gotten in the MCU so but far. But he could have been the best. He could have. 
Uh, well, yeah, I, I really enjoy Loki. I love Loki, too, but the Vulture could have been the best if given more screen time based off the character shown to us and the actor playing him. But what they did here is this 15-year-old boy, Spider-Man, just little no one has become a superhero. And on the flip side, they just had a, a blue-collar guy, a no one, become a supervillain. And I thought that's a really cool dynamic it to was, play with. Yeah. And they kind of played with that throughout the movie. Yeah. So when you find out a little more about Vulture, I really enjoyed his story just as much as I enjoyed Peter Parker's story. So overall, I thought the comedy hit. I thought the acting was pretty good. Maybe not the greatest ever. There was no real bad roles. So I have it, I think, at 40 hot dogs right now. (laughs) I have it at 40 hot dogs. And I will say that I might lower it to 39 after you're done with this, but this is my number two movie, and it's damn close to Guardians for me. Ben, what is your hot dog rating here on Spider-Man Homecoming? 34 hot dogs okay. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a little bit lower. That falls Mac. right in line to probably that 5-6 range. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of what I was trying to go for, and you know, we'll get into the details of it later, but there are some definite reasons why I have it that low. I'm at 36, and if I could retcon Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 to below 36, because yeah. Spider-Man 2 is better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, yeah. Not by a shit ton, but by enough that it should be more than one hot dog. Yeah. And I also put Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 at 36. And I think it's right on par with that. I think Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 might be a better movie. But I think if I have to go back and rewatch one of these right now, I'd probably enjoy Homecoming more. So let's have that conversation real quick. that's based off of the Spider-Man. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Regardless of where you place it in the MCU, where do you place this among now the six Spider-Man movies we've gotten? Because for me, it's clearly number one. So now I don't think clearly number one. I, I think yeah. you can toss back and forth between this and two. I think it's a one A one B type of situation. Like I said, I still think that Raimi's two might be a better movie, but the portrayal of Spider Man in this and the way that Holland acts it, mm-hmm. it might push it slightly above or slightly below. Okay, so I'm a little different on the other Spider Man movies. I actually like Spider Man Raimi's first Spider Man better than the second one. I'm not sure I would have said this before I rewatched them recently, but they just kill the origin story in that movie so well. It's so tight with the comics that As I really... opposed to the amazing Spider Man, which kills the origin story yeah, for anyone that wants way. to watch yeah. it. My, <laughs> yeah. my yeah. one gripe with the original Spider Man is I don't think they play up Peter Parker's genius enough. I think he's just too like run of the mill high school student. That's fair, but but it is a very good origin. But story. it's a different look at him where he's someone that is poor and is fine with being poor. Yeah, true. As opposed to being this like you know whiz kid. Yeah. that we kind of see with every other superhero. And, and the right. the other aspect here uh, with Holland Spider Man is I felt like he loved being Spider Man. Where yeah. with Maguire Spider Man yeah. Garfield, I thought it was almost like. A duty, like they had yeah, to fulfill also, it, but they didn't love it. So, and this might be in the casting where, since Holland is younger and he seems younger, mm-hmm. you got that childlike wonderment with yeah. it. That's true. As yeah. opposed to Toby Maguire's 28 year old wonderment right. with yeah. it, where yeah. Yeah. even yeah. if he tries to have like a child's head, it wouldn't type have of come look through at, well. That's no, true. No, because he's 30 yeah. years old. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, I would put this right after that one, like you said, toss up with Spider Man 2 as kind of, well, for me, 2A, 2B, like they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah, there's some things going back that Spider-Man 2, personally, I hate the whole 
hero loses his powers trope that you yeah. get with comic books. <laughs> yeah, Erectile true. dysfunction. Yeah, especially <laughs> when, like, with Spider-Man, his genetic code is rewritten. Like, being down about yourself isn't really going to take away your super strength. That's <laughs> not not really how that works. So, um, so That's a little science lesson for you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about that? But yeah, after that, they're, they're right next to each other. They're all, those three are all grouped together, right? together at the top anyway it's not a big gap from the origin down to those two so so actually i did hear and i saw this in standard 2d yep um, as, as did i yeah i did hear that in 3d the washington monument scene is dope Ooh. So that is the one scene that stands out because they bring the washington monument out to you yep and you feel that sense of height and maybe a fear of heights that yeah, Spider-Man yeah. would have with that. Right, right. I saw it in both. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that... so <laughs> I, I give him a first-hand account here. We have the expert opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that scene was cool, but that was the only scene where I was like, I'm glad I saw it in 3D. And it wasn't yeah. like, I have to see, like, it's not the same in 3D. It was just like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. And But everything else was just kind of the same. So it didn't add a ton. That one scene was, was pretty cool. Though. As opposed to me seeing Batman vs. Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, <laughs> in 3D, where the only thing that was in 3D was the leaves or the foliage. Oh, right. And the falling bullets. <laughs> yeah, and the falling bullets as Ben Affleck walked across the screen. So, spoiler alerts. Spoilers. 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 Three seconds. One, two, three. Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. First spoiler. Mac, I listened back to last week's tape. Yes. And the Gooby Psychic got something wrong. Okay. Very surprising. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's never been wrong before. Never. I'm sorry there was no penetration. There was no (laughs) penetration. Yeah. They didn't even get a kiss. Uh, Yeah, nothing. (laughs) They didn't even see each other. They weren't even in the same room. No. We did get that she doesn't like Tony Stark, though. Yeah. Because she's a little jaded. She'd like to be Peppa. Peppa Potts. Right. Which, uh, spoiler alert, she's in the movie. Yes. Okay. So I texted Goo and uh, Wesley from the Boxers and Marcus last week. And I said, hey, I'm on the IMDb page right now. And Pepper Potts is listed as like the sixth most prominent actress. And they're like, ah, oh, what the hell? Like, F you. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's on the IMDb page. That's not a spoiler. Mac, I had gone into this movie. With after the second trailer, yeah, not seeing any trailers, not seeing any teasers, not seeing any web exclusives, yes, web definitely the you know, way to do it. Get it, yeah. web, uh, yeah, yeah, dang, the whole web of yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> not uh, reading anything, not going on IMDb because they had started showing us too much in that second trailer. And yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna wait this one out, you're right. And I was so excited that I waited it out, and then you. <laughs> Ruined Gwyneth Paltrow for me. No, and she's in the movie for literally nine seconds. Ugh, whatever. Still um, surprising. We actually thought should... she was kind of done in the yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because she had a uh, she had a three movie contract. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, she's back. Yeah, they brought she's her back. back. She's uh, back. Something we should have mentioned in the spoiler free section. They did a good job um, teasing other minor Spider Man villains. Well, they did a great job teasing the Sinister Six. They did a great job with Easter eggs, like they have plaques for Howard Stark. Uh, Bruce Banner is in their science books. He's in high school, so they're discussing the Sokovia. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Of course, what the teacher doesn't know is that Tony wrote them. <laughs> I don't know why they just won't get into this. One thing that, and this possibly could have been spoiler-free, whatever it is, but at the theater that I went to, mm. starting from now your feature presentation, yep. there was a guy in there, possibly several guys, that would just start clapping. And just go woo, oh, woo. I so and terrible. you could tell from the get go, yeah. you're like this is gonna be a problem because so, any Easter egg that they mentioned showed this guy or several people would clap for, laugh for, and I wanted to effing leave. I wanted to bash my head off a wall. I wanted to bash his head off a wall <laughs> when Donald Glover said that I have a nephew here. Yeah, uh, yeah. The guy stood up clapped and goes miles oh my God. <laughs> i actually didn't pick because i don't know much about the comic books i yeah. didn't know that until i read the easter eggs online afterwards but i will say anytime you go to a thursday night premiere you're almost you're always gonna, gonna run listen to that. me yeah. listen to me unless you are at a theater where you know that there is anyone from the movie it could be a stagehand for all i care <laughs> there has to be someone that worked on the movie in the theater with you for you to clap for it, for you yes. to do no, anything I like agree that. I agree with you. I agree with you. If you are watching a movie... You're not wrong. If the director's there, if a producer's there, <laughs> if a production assistant is there, clap your ass off, cheer them, give them a Sarge salute for all I care. <laughs> if none of them are there, you can laugh at jokes, don't effing clap. You ruin the movie for me. What you should start doing is booing the people that clap. I actually was booing them. I was going, sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, Michael Keaton's crew. I love the introduction to a Keaton. I love that they brought it back eight years ago, which actually kind of muffles the timeline up. I was reading a up little on bit. That. I've seen a couple different articles on it. I was actually just reading uh, a post Screen on Rant had about something it. about yeah. that. Screen Rant had it, and then Screen Junkies News did like a but they they didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't see the breakdown of it. They just said there's continuity issues, and I there couldn't is. I couldn't figure them out myself. It was because the original Iron Man was supposed to start in 2010. It was supposed to be the year 2010, though. Oh, and really? It was supposed to be within the same week as the Hulk and I think maybe Thor or something like that. And then the way that they went forward eight years, it should have been six years or something. But okay. I was reading that it was like, it's basically like seven and a half years. It's not really eight years. It's like yeah. in 2010, early 2010 was when the Avengers happened, um, like March of 2010. And then this is like September of 2017. So now, I thought the original Avengers was 2012. And that might be. <laughs> I think you're. I, I think it's back two years. This is just what I was. So reading. so there's like some minor time. Yeah, there's some minor. Okay. Yeah. The one thing that I do love is the claims that. The kid in the Iron Man mask in Iron Man Two, yeah, is actually Peter Parker, right? Which oh, that's interesting. Tom Holland that. confirmed that, but the director hasn't come out and said that. Yeah. But he said that he was given permission by the MCU to say that that's Tom Holland's Spider Man character, yeah, which is really really cool. It yeah, is cool like little and that, that adds a whole new layer on to like the whole father son dynamic that yeah. Tony that and Peter had throughout this entire movie. That and the the want and the desire to be a superhero, which is right. so present and clear in this movie makes so much more sense when you look at it that way yeah so keaton's introduction at first might seem a little thin and you might say how is a guy that you know works with cleanup crews able to then make all these huge like 
crazy weapons, right. even if it is using alien uh, technology, artifacts right. and technology. But then, of course, you get the Tinkerer, Tinkerer. Yeah. which adds a whole new level to it. And I do wish that they had mentioned that maybe he had some background in flying jets or something like that, because he is using a huge piece of yeah. technology when flying around as the Vulture. Yeah. Which, by the way, he never calls himself the Vulture, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, no, Spidey I, does can, it at the end, kind of. Spider-Man calls him the, the flying Vulture guy. Flying Vulture guy, yeah. which is awesome. But Keaton actually makes fun of his buddy who calls himself the Shocker. Shocker yeah. He's like, what are you, a pro wrestler? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think the nod to that without wasting two or three minutes in the film on Keaton's history yeah. was he's wearing or like a jacket. bomber jacket, yeah. you know, a, yeah, yeah. a pilot jacket. To me, was the nod that he's got this history. He was in the military or whatever he was. But it also might have been an Easter egg to the original Vulture character yeah. to make him look That's more like, like a Vulture with the feathered neck. Dual right, purpose. right, yeah. So after that, you get the awesome POV type of thing of him doing the vlog while going to Germany, yeah. Civil War. You can tell that they planned this out during Civil War and they right. yeah. kind of... And I thought that was a great way to bring Spider-Man into his own movie. Yes, yeah. so that like four minutes of footage or whatever was actually available on PS Plus a couple weeks oh, ago. Really? Which, so that's why I texted which that. Which I did not watch. I did watch that. And <laughs> no I wasn't spoiler. sure if it was going to be in the film or if it was going to be kind of separate. Because yeah. it is kind of separate it from the film. It could be standalone, yeah. yeah. It was interesting, too, because you didn't get anything else about peter like being into photography or anything like he is traditionally yeah. that was kind of a nice nod to that too is like now vlogging is, yeah is, it's, is it's actually a really good yeah. point i didn't even think and about it like that civil war i mean he's all over youtube it's probably him putting himself all over youtube true that's, a really that's good point. true peter constantly texting happy that plays so well it was they did it so realistic too because it was like Think about a 15-year-old kid maybe texting a girl or whatever. Yeah. No response, no response. But yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, oh, by the way, it's Peter Parker. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> they have him be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, trying to stop this big world-ending thing. It's focused on New York. Mm -hmm. And the beginning is him focused on little crimes. <laughs> and what's great about it is that the civilians there, they have this superhero walking with them. This yeah. guy that's doing flips, he's shooting webs off the yeah. wall, and none of them care because right. superheroes have been in the world for 10 years. Exactly. And he's just this kid. Yeah. No one's starstruck by it, which is fantastic. It's, yeah. it's a nice little... I thought that they got the post-Avengers New York City. I thought they nailed that aspect of it. And when he's giving directions to the grandmother, laugh out loud funny. That was hysterical. <laughs> him, him telling Happy that, the that, that the lady bought him a churro <laughs> is hilarious. And then the fact that Happy tells Tony about it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Tony might have just listened back to like a yeah, tape of him wearing a suit. Right. But yeah. the scale is definitely one of the big pluses for me. I mean... He's not even really in New York. He's in Queens. Like, yeah, that's true, and too. you see yeah. that later in the Washington Monument scene. That's the highest he's ever been. Like Clearly, he's not swinging around downtown New York City. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah good. that's a good point. He's yeah. just which is the, in Queens. Which is the first, actually, Spider-Man movie where he isn't swinging around on the giant buildings of New York. Another really greatly done scene was uh, when they're going to the party, and then he sees Vulture and his crew, yeah. and oh, he yeah, goes yeah, yeah. to shoot his webs to swing. And he's like... It's just trees, so he can't actually, do it because he's in the suburbia. Yeah. And that might be one of the best Spider-Man scenes yeah. of this Spider-Man movie. Of So it's him as a 15-year-old kid who wants to go into the party to impress the girl that he likes. Yeah. And he's kind of looking down, and it's over his shoulder. Yeah. He's having like second thoughts about it. And then he sees that there's something bad going on, and he's like, do I go into the party? Do I try and stop these like bad guys? That's the thing that this movie does well 
with all of like the high school stuff is it's him torn between do I want to you know be at like my debate thing or do I want to go and stop the vulture right right and that was great because. I remember being a kid in high school, like daydreaming in class, like, oh, if I was Spider-Man, like, <laughs> yeah. this is what I would do, you know? Yeah. And that was exactly the kind of stuff that he was dealing with, but ultimately made the right decision. And it kind of seemed like he was going to make that right decision even before he saw the explosions from, you know, them firing the uh, alien weapons. Because, like you said, Danette, Spider-Man's not a party gimmick. So, like, he, yeah. he got that, he felt that weight of responsibility already not to use it that way, which I thought was nice. Uh, Mac mentioned uh, early on that there is no origin of Uncle Ben dying, him getting bitten by a spider. The only mention of it is him, I think, once saying that Aunt May is having like a tough time. Right? Yes. Which, that's really all you would need. I think there was a line in there. Ned was asking him about like a spider bite or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, he yeah. asked him about a spider bite, but yeah. there was no mention of Uncle Ben. There was no mention of his parents. Right. Which I think... You didn't need it because this movie's two hours, 20 minutes. Something Is like that, that how long it was? I don't know. He, it but was, it, yeah, like 2.15 or something. Something like that. But there was enough else going on that you didn't need any of that origin in it. So Two hours, 13 minutes. Okay. Yeah, so... Fact check, Mac. <laughs> I thought this was one of the issues I had with it, like... Uncle Ben is really the reason why he's Spider-Man. You didn't get some of the weight of that in this movie. It was like that level of responsibility was more about him wanting to impress Tony Stark and like wanting to be an Avenger. It wasn't so much like this kind of burden or like this the responsibility of having to go out and do good because he sees what happens when he doesn't. Um, and maybe that gets introduced later or something like that, but... That was one of the things, and especially we'll talk later about like the end of the movie, but I, there was a scene at the end that I thought could have held a lot more weight if it was... The rubble scene. Tie, yeah, if it yeah. was tied back into Uncle Ben and responsibility instead of impressing Tony and not needing the suit. And actually, we can like, just get into that scene right now. So, when the vulture basically knocks an entire building on him, yeah, yeah. which... Well, like so, one the, level of concrete. That's a lot of, that's concrete. A lot of concrete. That's a lot of concrete, and, yeah. And that, first off, shows you that Spider-Man kind of can't be killed, which that's a problem that I have with most movies. That was a lot of concrete, uh, and yeah. he's pretty much fine. Well... I understand that he has a super strength to him. Let me just interject here. Go ahead. This is an inconsistency on your part, because oh if you God. go back and watch... <laughs> The three Nolan Batman movies, he takes a lot worse damage than that, and he's completely fine. Maybe most notably the fall in Batman Begins when he's on fire and he jumps out four stories, lands on a car, and in Dark Knight when he falls like fifteen stories onto a car. Batman knows how to turn his body to not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, Spider Man actually has abilities, and Batman yeah. doesn't. So, but the one part of that scene that I loved is when he pokes his head out and he can't yes. move and he's crying and that he's acting awesome. like an actual kid. Yeah. Like, someone help me! And it's one of the scenes that gives you goosebumps and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. But yes, him lifting the rubble off of himself, you usually need that Uncle Ben to kind of right. have him see in himself the strength that he might not always have. That plus, like, he's basically watching the vulture fly away, like... If he gets away and steals, you know, this plane or some of the stuff on this plane, like think of the damage that's going to end up doing to like all these people. I, I felt like that'd be a lot bigger motivator for him to get up than, you know, hearing the words that Tony said about not needing the suit. It just didn't seem like the, the right level of motivation for him to lift the building off of himself. So it's, it's a small segment of rubble. Come on, now. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Well, then they show like it looks like construction, like caravan cab that he actually rolls off himself when you get like the top view. Yeah. So like it seems like that's primarily what's on him, which is still huge. 
And that's a very iconic comic scene, too, lifting that rubble. Like, the exact position, like, him kind of squatting it at the end is pulled right from the comic. So Which they also really use cool in Raimi Spider-Man 2 when he's kind of lifting that yeah. segment of wall. Over Mary Jane. Yeah, over uh, Mary Jane. The Amazing Spider-Man number 33 is where it's pulled uh-huh. from. Oh, <laughs> Back-check Mac. Back-check <laughs> Mac. Uh, speaking of the Spider-Man suit. Did you like his suit talking to him? Because no, I, really I did didn't. not. Oh, I loved that. No, because really? that made it too much of an Iron Man yeah, movie for me. Just, but and that's I, how he. But it's but Iron no, Man suit. I understand that. But if they had saved that for the Iron Spider suit, which is what they kind of showed, showed us at, at the, the end, end yeah. that would have made more sense because at least you're introducing the Iron Man aspect yeah. into the Spider Man suit. I understand if what you, you're saying. No, no. If you had had it where the suit didn't talk to him, they obviously had to unlock it and take the but that's, safety wheels off. Yeah, but it, but. Okay, we saw at the end that Ned could talk to him through like a Bluetooth anyways. Yeah. If you needed someone to talk to him, which I actually didn't need anyone no, talking I, to him because he's a kid. He could just talk to himself. I would have been fine if it was Ned on the other line who was hacking into it and saying, oh, you have this type of web. You have that type of web. I would rather have had that than the AI. Well, here's the counterpoint to that. And this actually gets into my one problem with the movie. The Spidey sense. There's no Spidey that, sense in this you. movie. The, yeah. His powers in general are like a real sticking point for me in this movie. And I don't know if, because I don't know much about the comics, if it's something he develops or if Spidey sense is there from day one. But since he doesn't have the Spidey sense, he needs that Karen or he needs Ned. That's kind of the, you got to have one or the other. So without Spidey sense, that's what they had there. Karen and, voiced by? Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Conley. Who was yeah. married to? Uh, the Vision, Paul yes, Bettany, correct. Also in the original Incredible Hulk movie, yeah. as uh, Betty, yeah, Betty, whoever the Hulk, yeah, smashing. whoever's main, whoever's smashing. getting smashed <laughs> by the Hulk. But, but your your point about the suit is it's given to him by Iron Man. I understand that the capabilities are only unlocked by him and Ned. Yeah, so it wasn't intended for her. Well, Iron it Man was, didn't intend that. It was intended for him eventually. Eventually, though. but if you've gone through the progression of the MCU and the suit changes, and especially with Iron Man, Love everything gets improved. Suits. Jarvis got improved from the beginning to the end. Like, there's a Jarvis 2.3, etc. Yeah. So there's going to be like a Karen 2.0 in the Iron Spider-Man. So you know I what know I mean? That, it's but, it's. But I just I thought that we didn't need it in a Spider-Man movie, and I was fine with the vision from inside of like the Spider-Man suit. We got a bit too much of it, but him seeing out with like the high tech yeah. Tony Stark type of stuff. I just didn't need Karen talking to me. I actually loved the Karen aspect of it. Karen was funny. Yeah. I just think that she's better suited for a like an Iron Man movie. I think this is where we see the difference in the movie. Why you guys are a little more bullish than I because I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, of it. it just wasn't. I'm. It's just not classic Spider Man at all. Like Spider Man's never needed. No, it's definitely true. It's not tech. Like he's never been an Iron Man. It's all about him, and that's it. All kind of plays into my biggest problem was his powers were just kind of really underplayed. Like he was strong. Sure, he lifted that thing off himself, but. It wasn't even consistent within the MCU because he's catching Bucky's punch in Civil War with his metal arm, and then he he can't dodge either of the shockers when they swing at him. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a lot a lot tougher to catch the Winter Soldier's punch than to just dodge a normal dude swinging you know swinging a punch at him. So that plus the lack of Spidey sense and even like some of his agility stuff, like you saw. Um, the backflip he did for that guy wasn't too clean, and he was practicing like doing backflips onto his web line and things like that. And part of his powers is just that otherworldly agility, and that just wasn't played up that much. It was interesting to see that they downplayed it that much. I'm curious if they're going to, as he gets older, kind of have his powers, have him grow into his get, powers. Yeah. Do you guys think that if in the second movie, the whatever second Spider-Man, whatever the title is going to Prom. be, 
Spider-Man prom. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that if they kind of explain away that and, and as he develops it, so he gets his Spidey sense and, and he relies less on the suit and more on his individual powers, do you think that's going to make it better or it'll, it'll make this movie look even worse? I just need the AI gone. I just that's, not, that's not going to leave. That's only going to... Yeah. I'm get... aware of that, but I just need... If he's in a normal Spider-Man suit, if he's not in the Iron Spider suit... I don't want AI talking to him. I think that he needs to be able to either talk to himself because he's supposed to be that kind of weird kid that would be talking to himself, or he has his man in the chair talking Talking into his ear. Right, but I think this AI makes sense with this Spider-Man because we don't have the Uncle Ben thing. I think it makes a lot of sense. So he's not as solitary as the prior two Spider-Men. He's not as depressed. He's not at that same level. Um, So I think... That issue, it's a fair one, but it's kind of the core of the character here we're talking about. So yeah. if you liked Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I feel like you kind of you kind of have to like the direction they went with this. No, but I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but I also like him enough that I think if he's yeah. talking to himself, mm-hmm. I would either find that funnier or I'd be like, this is a kid who's trying to figure out yeah. what he's doing. Right. Yeah. And to answer your question, I think if they do end up doing that, having his powers develop more... As he grows, I, I think I'll look back on this first movie more fondly, I guess you'd say. Okay. like cause it would make more sense in the... It would be an actual the, the direction. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually a point that my wife made coming out of the movie we were talking about. My wife. About, my wife. <laughs> about how there, this yes, wasn't an origin. First one we've gotten. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how it wasn't an origin story in the sense that you know you saw him get bit by the spider and you know that whole thing. But it's still an origin story in that it's very early on when he's getting his powers and he's still figuring things out uh, in a you know a time period for him that we haven't seen in the movies before. Usually gets bit, figures out his powers a little bit, stops Uncle Ben's killer, and then you jump to like graduation or whatever two or three years later. So he's had that period of time to like figure out his powers and really get a handle on them. And we're like right in the beginning of that kind of gap period here. So in that sense. Yeah, still an origin that he's figuring himself and his powers out, uh, which is a different take and really interesting once I thought about it in that sense. Do you think if they had done the Uncle Ben thing again, it would have annoyed you or you would have having Uncle Ben be a factor obviously should have come in at some point, you would think. But do you think if they did the whole, you know, maybe 20 minute origin story? Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't need it. Okay. I didn't need yeah, it. I, 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 With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Agree with. I needed like a photo of them up in the apartment or something like a you know a kind of an offhand comment by Aunt May, um, and then maybe Peter saying something to himself earlier in the movie like about you know power and responsibility, and then him in that scene, just you know a cumulative three minutes. That that is a good point. I I think 
it's a good point within that concrete scene that would have been a nice interjection to have like a quote from uncle ben something that like right. he had lived his life on after uncle ben thinking about like what stuck yeah. with him so the other reveal that i didn't love in the movie it did have a pretty great payoff to it but up until that point i was like spider-man peter parker is not connected to the villain personally finally after five movies that's fair and then you got that michael keaton the vulture is the father of liz the girl that he's taken to homecoming and he opened the door at first i thought maybe he knows who peter is and he was kind of meeting him there that's what I thought it was. Kind of like the yeah. uh, Goblin with Aunt May yeah. in, the, yeah. in the prior movies. And then when it was revealed that he was the father, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was the opposite. Whereas other yeah. people I, cheered. I was like Kevin McAllister. Because, I was like, yeah. Yeah. No, it was just that. It was just like, <gasps> the big like, gasp. It was just, we've already had five movies where it's really coincidence that Peter had a personal connection to every other supervillain. And I thought that we weren't going to get that. There was a bigger picture thing where we didn't need to have these two people connected. But don't you think it made sense within the story? Again, going back to the scale and this movie more than any of the others, like it made kind of sense. I mean, it's still a coincidence, but at least it was so tight on Queens and, you know, the high school and everything that they were a lot closer. It wasn't such a huge leap in logic that they knew each other. You know, And that was the other tie in, too. You realize like, oh, crap, he he does have this family. Yes, you you can put a face to it. I understand that. And it did lead to a really funny interaction between him and Peter at the house. (laughs) It led to a really awesome interrogation scene in the car when Vulture puts it all together. And he realizes that Peter is Spider-Man. Which, by the way, I don't know how Liz didn't put it together, too, as she was speaking. (laughs) Yeah, Um, That was was maybe the best, not action, but like acting scene. That was the best Keaton scene. It was so good. And off of that, this is the other thing that I think this movie misses, is that you should have had more Keaton. You should have yeah. given him more screen time, and you should have made him a bigger part of the movie. And if you had done that, he probably could have been the best villain that Marvel's ever had. Because his acting ability and the way that he turns on a dime. He mm-hmm. can go from serious to goofy. Yeah. He goes from being that goofy dad to just, Peter, I know that you're Spider-Man. Yeah. Just boom, like that. And you could have made him something that you have never had in any other Marvel movie. I, I, I understand what you're saying. But my counter to that would be they open the movie with him. So you're already getting, you know, the kind of levity. You're already kind of rooting for him. So if you give too much Vulture, you might sit back. I mean, some people might sit back at the end and like, was that really a Spider-Man movie? You know what I mean? It would have it would have been. Was that really a Spider-Man movie or was this an Iron Man movie? <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I mean, Vulture movie. Sorry. Well, if you do go too far into it and then then you're you're battling. Well, do I want Spider-Man to win? I kind of I'm kind of digging the Vulture here. Which I'm fine with sometimes because I like having the split of the hero and the anti-hero. Okay. As opposed to the hero and the villain. The villain, yeah. Yep. Where that's why it hasn't been done great in film yet, but like Batman versus Catwoman. Do you... True. Like, True. who do you kind of side with here? Yeah. And I will say uh, I, the other aspect of Vulture I liked is his even his small-scale operation, trying to fly under the, under radar, the radar of yeah. the Avengers. He wanted no attention. He just wants to steal shit every now and then, make his money, and that's it. He doesn't want to fight the Avengers. It's not like he's this egomaniac. He legit just wants to make his money, you know, have his family live a good life, which I really yeah. liked as well. Yeah, and I think if you have more Vulture throughout, then uh, I think this is obviously what they were going for, that the scene at the house and he's picking up for homecoming doesn't have the same payoff because yeah. oh true you're gonna yeah. true you have to learn a little bit more about him if he's gonna be on screen more. that's a good point so um, i so i would have trade i would have traded off that payoff for more vulture elsewhere in the movie and like i said it had a great payoff to that reveal i just didn't need it connected 
And then something else that it looked like they were about to take from the other five Spider-Man movies too is the villain dying at his own hand. The villain dying because he did like one too many things that he shouldn't have done. Right. And when that bomb went off, I'm like, did they really just have the vulture kill himself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh no. Um, another thing I, I forgot to mention, a great callback to the original Spider-Man was when he saves them from the elevator in uh, the Washington Monument. Yeah, kiss yeah, yeah, kiss kiss that was yeah. great, because I was like, are they going to really do that? Because like, it's almost made fun of now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a nice little nod to that. But I also love how at the end, Spider-Man still saved the Vulture, and then Keaton won't reveal who Peter yes. Parker is. Either off Which of, makes the Vulture that much better. Definitely. Either off of he wants to kill him himself, mm-hmm. or he owes Peter this favor... Because he saved his life, much like he gave Peter the favor for saving his daughter. And that's kind of what it was. It was I looked at it as Keaton's character just wants his family to have the best life. Yeah. By putting Spider-Man in harm, he makes Liz maybe, maybe. a little more yeah. in even harm. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Even though Liz moved to Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, a lot of yeah. trees from Spider-Man is swing from. He just came off like an honorable guy. Like, you know, honor among thieves almost. Mm. Uh, he had a code that he yeah. was trying to live by and that wasn't, you know, giving up Spider-Man to, you know, Mac Rogan in this case. Um, who is Scorpion. Scorpion. Yes. 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 So Which we, was another cool yeah, payoff. So yeah. we got three villains. Yes. Yeah. Without them pushing, like, like we got three villains. It's going to be the right. Rhino they did it so, and the Goblin. Yes, they did but, it so low-key, which was the yeah. best part. It's That was really impressive because that's what's killed the last two Spider-Man franchises. Is right. going too heavy on the villains, and they did it so subtly in this one that yeah. you didn't even realize that yeah. you were getting three of them for, for most of it. Which it also good. makes you think of when they eventually do the solo Batman movie, that you can have four to five villains in it. As long as you just have one that is the main villain, yeah, and then yeah. Batman kind of bouncing off the other well, four. Gotham, the show, has been kind of living off that. So if they just incorporated living the, or semi, well, you know, right, if been on but a if, respirator for four years, if they incorporated the idea of that into yeah. the Batman movie, that would work yeah. really well. A lot of these villains kind of get created because Spider-Man is there. They maybe wouldn't have been these super villains. Spider-Man comes on and like, I got to be more badass. I got to really commit to this. Like Shocker, for example. Well, you also and Scorpion. You also got that basically any time that Spider-Man was fighting danger or fighting a problem, Spider-Man caused that issue. Right. As a 15-year-old kid yeah. kind of should or would. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing what he's doing. The right. Washington Monument scene was on him. Yep. The ferry ride was on him. These are all great memorable scenes, yeah. but it was all his fault, and that's why Tony took the uh, suit away. Yeah. I liked that that was the case, but I also liked that the villains didn't exist because of Spider-Man. Like In yeah. the past, they've been like, you know, Electro getting bit by radioactive eels, <laughs> you know, like, um, or, he should have became eel man. Yeah. I don't know why. Like stuff like that is like, <laughs> they're trying to have the villain be the bad version of Spider-Man where yeah. in this, it was like, he had his own motivations. It all came about because of the Avengers situation and that alien tech rather than, you know, the same circumstances that right. created Spider-Man. I, I thought it was a lot better Absolutely. for the villains. How did you feel about Peter's group of friends? I thought they were great. Yeah, I, I thought, they were, I thought they were great supporting cast, and none of them were particularly overplayed. Ned was just this lovable, the one that fat I found dude. A bit overplayed would be Michelle, emo goth. Here's my of theory that. of that: when they casted Zendaya as Mary Jane, shit ton of backlash because she's an African American one, or she's half, and so I think they had to kind of change the character into that because she it... was cast originally as MJ. People got pissed, so they. My theory is they changed the character, honestly. And then, as like an I FU at the end of the movie, when she goes, My friends call me MJ, yeah. it would have been funny if Ned 
then said, my friends call me Harry Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, all right, we're just going to tie it right back right. into But But uh, Ned is actually in the comics. I only read yeah. that afterwards. I didn't yeah. know that, because this is our first introduction to comics, him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I also loved... So if I was friends with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, when I was 15, 16 years old, I would constantly ask him oh, about yeah. being Spider-Man. Yeah, that was great. You pulled I, that off really well. I don't know if I would tell everyone... Peter knows Spider-Man! Yeah. I, I don't know if I would do that, but... I thought that was really, really cool. I thought that was pretty much exactly how I would have acted. I didn't love Flash, but... No, Flash kind of sucked. No, because he should have been a jock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but then jock. consider they're at this like super smart high school, so none of these kids have really devoted their life to sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so Bruce, I thought it made sense. Yeah, but Bruce Banner could play defensive tackle. <laughs> <laughs> or even running back, for all I know. He's a big hulking gentleman. <laughs> he could play every position. I, play every position. <laughs> I, I, was, I was put off by Flash at first, but I thought it was pretty good, actually. Like, when he's DJing at the party, that was a great scene. Yeah. Penis Parker. It's like new age bullying. Instead of yeah, old it is. And then you also had, yeah, that's that's a good point. And then you also had uh, Betty Brant too. She was like the morning yeah. news thing at the school, which was a cool little nod as yeah. well. All of the local high school news things were hilarious. Yeah, they, they were, were. Yeah. So done good. phenomenally. And you got three side characters between Donald Glover, who did reveal that he's Miles Morales's uncle. And he had a really funny line in it, too, where he said, I'm just trying to hold someone up. I'm not trying to send them back in time. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. Martin and, Starr was good. And it was a, a uh, very underrated yeah. line when he, Spider-Man, webs his hand to the car. Yeah. Like, oh, I got ice cream in there, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he was great in general. Martin Starr was good? Yes. And then Hannibal Burris out of nowhere... The hilarious gym teacher who said that Captain America is a war criminal. Fantastic. He was supposed to be standing on the other side yeah, of the TV. Was so yeah, good. Was, that was good. All those cap videos. Oh, so good. Two shown at school and then one the in the post credit. Yeah. yeah. The post credit payoff was hilarious. Oh, I was dying. Yeah. It was great. My only issue with the post credit one is that so this movie comes after Deadpool, and I understand that Deadpool is a ripoff of Spider Man. Yeah. But it kind of had that Deadpool y feel to it. It did, yeah. It was, I mean,. They covered themselves because, you know, they had already done the other, like, exactly, PSA yeah. videos, but they're very close to breaking that fourth wall with that one, which is uh, interesting. <laughs> that's I mean, awesome. but that's what made it funny, too. So. Dude, the people in my theater lost their mind. That doesn't continue the story! <laughs> Someone actually yelled that, and I'm like, holy shit, God, dude. Yeah. What, what is wrong with it's you? It's just a nice little nod, because you have to consider it ties in Captain America's history to the actual country beyond... Uh, him being a superhero, like yeah. he's a symbol of America. He's Captain America. Yeah. So what better symbol to talk to the youth of America right. than yeah. Captain America? So it just made so much sense. Quickly going back to Ned, what did you guys think of him finding out that he was Spider-Man like immediately in the movie? I actually liked that. Yeah. Just get it out of the way. I liked it because I didn't want there to be like too many big reveals. So I thought it was like very subtle and he's just sitting there waiting because... He, they were supposed to build the Death Star. Whereas if it was like a big reveal, that would have been like a big emotional dump for Peter when yeah, maybe we yeah. didn't need it. For the money shot of this movie, you had the bank fight. You had the van chase. You had the Washington Monument. You had the ferry fight. And then you had the fight on the Avengers plane. Yeah. Which, that gives you a lot of Spider-Man. Which is something that the other movies, and there's other superhero movies where you don't get enough of the main hero in their costume. Mm-hmm. There's a shit ton of Spider-Man in this, there is, which is awesome. It's awesome, but a couple of those I wouldn't even call fights. Like the bank fight and the fight on the plane. But the bank fight is very, very Spider-Man. It though, is. Where That's he's, the best like, where Spider-Man action. Exactly. Where he's where trying to decide yeah. whether how to stand, yeah, how to introduce yeah. himself. Where it's, <laughs> where it's fight, quip, 
fight yeah, quip. Exactly. And that's probably the best Spider-Man fight in this movie. Because um, it was so much like the Civil War scene where he like yeah. does something and then he's like just an offhanded comment. It was like, great. Oh, I haven't met you, Thor. I haven't met you, <laughs> yeah. Thor. So out of those scenes or another, what was your favorite? It might be the bank scene just because it was so like perfectly Spider-Man. Yeah. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of actual fighting. You got a lot of Spider-Man, but not a lot of actual fight sequences. Yeah. Um, There's cool action, like him trying to hold the ferry together and all the stuff on the plane was really cool. I thought it was cool that the cloaking on the plane seemed really realistic. Yeah, and like yeah. when he was crawling under it, he got displayed all over the top of the plane. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I think it would probably be the bank heist scene for me. I am a sucker for the wingsuit, so when he jumps over uh, the helicopter, yeah. I was, was like, cool that too. is awesome. Yeah, the monument I wish, scene was pretty cool. I wish they didn't reveal that in the trailer. And then the bank scene, Yo, too, was yeah, in the trailer. If they didn't reveal that in the trailer, the wingsuit would have been so it, much It would have been like, yeah. what yeah. is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah no, it's a good point. I, a good I feel point. like that would have been a much better payoff yeah, if they absolutely. did not yeah. reveal that. And my final thing about this movie, and it's really about the Marvel movies in general right now, is that they all sound too similar, music-wise. So, interesting point. I liked they, the music in this movie. I, I liked I, that they kind of gave it the Spider-Man intro. Yeah. So when the hero's doing heroic things, they always have that same kind of generic music behind it. Yeah. And they've kind of done it now for all, what, 15, 16 of the movies? Yeah. And it's probably too late to change it now because yeah, you kind of have committed. it. But... That was one of the best things about Raimi Spider-Man's was Danny Elfman's score. Yeah. The thing is, like, the Sam Raimi movies aren't meant to be as comedic, whereas the whole MCU now, there's, like, a comedic element to it. It just exists, so... So the music has to have tubas? (laughs) Well, I just mean it's it's not as epic of a score as an Elfman score might be. Yeah, I I would say that it was heavy-handed. Like, there's the one scene where, just after he calls Happy and, you know, leaves a message about the churros, where... He like drops like his phone or something and it, like plays music like oh he's gonna fall and then like he's just standing on the side of the fire yeah. escaping. There, when like, there was a really lot of upfakes with yeah. the music or when he's lifting all of the rubble and it's like dun da 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 which is you've gotten that in every other movie and we True. make fun of Wonder Woman for it. You made fun of Wonder Woman for because it because I think it's stupid, <laughs> <laughs> but at least it has a different sound to it. And I'm gonna give the Justice League credit for bringing Danny Elfman in to score that movie. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think of the end with Tony? Offering him the Iron Spider suit, and then you also get Pepper, and Happy finally likes Peter because, you know, he saved his job. The end of the movie is almost more of a post credit scene than anything. Yeah, It, it adds like nothing yeah, to the yeah. movie. I didn't really need that. Seeing the Iron Spider suit was actually awesome. You get Pepper Potts back in, so it really is almost a post credit. It, it was okay. It, it didn't add anything to the movie. I wish that you also saw the extra legs that yep. came out of it but unless that's just an easter egg that they're never going to pay off of they kind of have to I'd use that surprised. suit eventually yeah. and maybe in infinity, infinity war, war. Yeah. yeah i bet that's that would where make it comes sense because that's on a larger scale than yeah. what we saw in, in homecoming obviously i thought it was good i the actual like back and forth was funny i really liked his choice to not mm-hmm. join the avengers so in that aspect that was the only piece of it that i thought added something to his character and you know setting up for the next movies because he clearly does need some more time you know closer to the ground than jumping right into the avengers i thought it was slightly inconsistent of tony to just offer that spot after everything that happened because like you said peter created most of the problems that he was solving to be fair tony creates all of his problems (laughs) tony once again yeah (laughs) yeah that's Um, true too so in that sense i guess yeah he doesn't really see that as that much of an issue but yeah that choice i thought um was a good one and, and played well with the character 
as we saw it develop through the movie. Uh, another yeah. little Easter egg. Thor's belt, Thor's magic belt, yeah. apparently yeah. plays a big role against Thanos because it makes Thor like way stronger. So, Good. I'm, no, yeah, another Easter awesome. egg there. I like that he did have the media there because that is super Tony Stark. Yes. And obviously yeah, yeah. Pepper kind of controls that for him. And you have to consider that now Captain America, Black Panther, and Winter Soldier aren't part of the Avengers at this yeah. point. So, so right. he's looking to build the Avengers back up, so he's got to hold That's his true. press conference, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, he needs to put a new face on the Avengers. Right, exactly. All right, Mac, let's go ahead and do some character hot dogs. Hot dog man. Let's start out with number one lead in the film, Tom Holland, who I am giving 40 hot dogs. Yeah, so. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, Tom Holland was 40 for too. me. Yeah. I, I, he just, he has that boyish charm to him. I thought he... He portrayed a high school student. Is even though he was quite ripped, uh, he played a fifteen-year-old kid pretty believably. So I, I got to give him forty. Yeah, uh, agreed. Forty. He was great as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. Um, he really had the banter down, and like you said, believably played the high schooler. So I think he was the best. He was actually of, of age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. He actually looked like he yeah, was because he's school. only maybe twenty years old or twenty-one. He's he's yeah, pretty young. He's twenty-one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely 40 hot dogs. For sure. I have met 40 hot dogs. He just crushed this role. And just the little things about it, just making him actually from Queens, the way that he is at school, the way that he's kind of like this weird outcast who people try to be friends with, but he won't let them get close, close to him. Yeah. Love that. That's why him and Mary Jane are going to hit it off. Boom. <laughs> or MJ, I should say. There we Michelle. go. Let's go with the vulture. Uh, Keaton is... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Vulture I liked a lot. The one scene I didn't like is when he actually does kill the shocker and he doesn't it doesn't register with him because I thought he w- he should have been a little more put off by that because he didn't mean to kill the guy. Well, he says that he might have known what he was doing. True, yeah. true. I'm going to give Keaton 38 dogs. I think there was some room for improvement, but he was still great. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, you know, I don't want to just go throwing around 40 hot dog uh, ratings, but he he really nailed it. Like he was believable on both sides. Um, that scene from Peter getting to the house to, you know, him getting out of the car yeah. at homecoming was just awesome. Like the tension yeah. there was, was incredible. So I can't really find much fault with him. I think I, I might have to give him 40 dogs too. I just would have liked to have seen more of him. That's pretty yeah. much it with me. I, oh, so I got then, him at 38. Well, I was going to say, if you want to see more of him, he's got probably a 40 dog character then. If you see more of him, then I would give him 40. I thought there wasn't enough of fair, him. Fair enough. That's well, not really anything once against again, him. No, it isn't against him, but it's, it's so it's not against the acting. It's not against the character. Gotcha. I gave him 38 about, as well. It's about how they use the character. Okay. Yeah. So enough. you're consistent, though. I've, you've had that criticism of other characters in the past. So, so after that, you kind of take a step down to the other characters that were used. Tony Stark in this movie, I thought, was used just enough yes. to make it not seem like a money grab mm-hmm. where you're like, Tony Stark's in this movie, but he's really only in one scene. Yeah. He was in three or four scenes, and it seemed like he was into it. Yeah, I really loved the father-son dynamic between these two because Tony's never really had a family. Yeah, It seemed like he was trying to make the other members of the Avengers his family in Civil War, 
and he looks at this kid as his son. I really liked the first time he saves Peter from the water drowning. Yeah. He's not in the suit. Yeah. So when he comes back with the ferry, you don't think he's going to be right. in the suit. And when he steps out of the suit, I thought that was pretty cool because he is actually pissed and he, he is actually invested in Peter Parker as Spider-Man. So it showed it's consistent with where we are with Tony Stark now because like, he's so beaten over the head. He's so concerned. His line was, you know, if you do something stupid that's on you. You know, if you get hurt, that's on me because he kind of created this Spider-Man. So plus, I thought that was great. Plus now when Tony is killed in Infinity Wars, it's probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. Money-wise. Yeah, you can't keep that. That's going to be so sad. But it's going to play so much more into Spider-Man, Peter Parker, as his, you know, kind of son. Yep. Peter doesn't have a father figure yeah. in his life. It's going to play so much more into that that you didn't quite get with Peter Quill. You're going to make me cry. I can't talk about wow, this right so, now. Thought about this a little bit before, and you just talking about that made me think of something else. It so made I, Ben cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that is definitely what's going to happen in Infinity War. And Kevin Page was talking this past week about that being the end of like this twenty-two movie arc, which is insane. But <laughs> yeah, um, but starting the next, it's like one, a season of TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but starting the next one with the next Spider-Man solo movie. So I think. Peter ends up taking on like the Tony Stark role in the MCU going forward. Because he's That's, the only one yeah. with the technological knowledge to really carry that torch forward. So that, now that you're saying it, it makes total sense for Tony to die it does. And, yeah. and him to come in. But I'm curious to see if it's Peter Parker or if it's Doctor Strange that kind of takes over as like... That's, the, yeah. yeah, that's a good point, True. too. True. He's obviously going to be instrumental in uh, yeah. Infinity Wars. But uh, the thing that just you saying that got me thinking was... I wonder if we're getting a Tony Stark as Uncle Ben dying in Infinity Wars and giving oh, Peter that extra know, boost. Yeah, yeah, that you know that dying right, statement or right. whatever, because he's setting himself up already as giving him all these words of wisdom about responsibility and everything. So if we get that as um, you know a dying scene or you know a scene in that movie and then he dies, I could definitely see that acting as the motivator for the more traditional. Uh, Spider-Man focus on That's making me smile. I like that. So we'll see if that pays off, but that, I think that would make I a hope lot you're of sense right. for how they're pushing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm giving Tony, RDJ. I'm giving him 40 hot dogs every time he shows up. I love, I love <laughs> Just an auto RDJ. 40 hot yeah, dog. He's automatic 40. <laughs> I might go 42 because this is the first time that you see Tony playing that father figure and evolving and into... And Pepper's back yeah. in his life, so yeah. you think he's he's really trying to make Get an effort to build together. a... F- yeah. That final Iron Man 4 scene that was in this movie... Felt kind of out of place, but... A bit, yeah. That's going to take away from it. Let's say 38. Yeah, okay. I was, I was going to go 38 as well. Probably mostly on that, that end scene and what I kind of thought as a, a real quick change of heart for him as far as giving Spider-Man a spot in the Avengers. That's maybe not on uh, RDJ. It's on the writing uh, and all that, but it's he's the character, so that's not going a couple dogs. Let's only that. go one more. Let's go with Ned. Ned was I loved Ned. I'm gonna give him forty. I, I just <laughs> he, he just like forty is a crossover. Well, I mean, I get the movie at four. I had True, I I, I will change my movie score when we get to that. Um, <laughs> quick quick tease for that. Uh, I'm giving Ned forty because I don't know how he could have done it better. I thought every interaction between him and Peter Parker was great. And then the scene when he's in the library yeah, being the guy in the chair, hilarious. like, yeah. what are you doing in here? Uh, uh, I'm watching porn. <laughs> He sold that really well. Um, I'm just under uh, like 39 dogs just because I thought the scene when he first found out like 
he played it well, but I don't know. I didn't love that he found out right away, I guess. And, okay. that, and yeah. that he, that Peter had no idea who was there. And then um, from there, he was, like you said, he played it really well as how, you know, a high school friend would. He pushed a little too hard, yeah. like pushing for him to come into the, the party as Spider-Man and all that. <laughs> the hat was really fun. Yeah, yeah the, hat. <laughs> the hat was some, some men uh, get worn by hats. <laughs> you wear that hat. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. just under because I thought it was um, a little a little too much pushing by him yeah. on the reveal. He did push Peter very hard and he was like a master hacker. I mean, he does go to that scientific high school, so he would have that same type of scientific brain that Peter has. But I would like a little more explanation into that, maybe. 38 Dogs, really good, really funny. And he wasn't the comic relief because Spider-Man is his own comic right. relief. So, I mean, yep. really good overall movie. Mac. Hot Dog Man, Hot Dog Man, Hot Dog Can. What is your final hot dog rating? Uh, I am going to dock it one dog. I am going to dock it one dog because I think you guys' criticism about Spider-Man's motivations is a fair and accurate one. If we do get some resolution, whether it be Tony Stark or uh, more of an Uncle Ben presence in the next time we see Spider-Man, maybe that'll make more sense for me. But now that I'm thinking about it, there should have been more of an emotionally charged... The scene where he's lifting concrete or whatever the hell he's doing, whatever you want to call that, there should have been been more of an emotional grab there. And they didn't set it up for that, and there wasn't that in that scene. So I will dock it one dog, giving it 39 docks, but still... My number two in the MCU. Great movie. Yeah, uh, agreed. So I, I think I'll actually add a dog based on this conversation. We'll take up Max to 35. Dog. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to take that dog. There's a free dog to give throw out it there. On, throw it on there. Um, I would have also liked a more, a uh, little bit better fight sequence um, where you're seeing a, a bit more of his powers at play. And, you know, they're very much trying to go away from it. But uh, a cool, like, web swing scene, something else that's kind of a mm-hmm. traditional Spider-Man aspect that we are missing in this movie. But talking through, you know, how this could set up for future movies and, um, you know, tying it back to his age and just figuring out his powers as an origin story. It's a very different take, but I, I think it was a good one. I think the trajectory of the character from here could be really cool based on how they set it up in this one kind of snapshot of his early days. So I still have it at about 36 hot dogs, probably right on par with Raimi Spider-Man 2. The things that I didn't like about it are just things that I didn't prefer. The things that they did, whether it's the AI or it's Keaton is the father, had really good payoffs in it. Yeah. The AI led to some more comedy like Kill Mode and Keaton as the father led to maybe the best acted scene in the movie and some great back and forth. So I can't take away too much from that because it's just based off of my preference. Yeah. It's a really good movie and I still have it at 36. I understand that it's the same rating that I gave to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but this is a better 36. Let's go ahead and say that I slapped some mustard on these dogs (laughs) to give it a little more flavor, and it's probably right on par once again with Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Talking to you two both right now, really quickly, where do you think they go with this character? So I just was kind of talking about it, I guess. I think they are... Let's say in Homecoming 2 or Spider-Man Prom yeah, so, or whatever so dance post, they Post-Infinity post War, you're post saying? Infinity because War. Because I really hope what Ben kind of laid out happens. I hope I that mean, happens. I think in Infinity War we're looking at... And we can talk more about Infinity War after Thor because we'll kind of get yeah. more of like a blueprint yeah. of what's going to happen. Right, right. But I think that we're going to look at a lot of those Phase 1 Avengers getting killed off yeah. either due to one's getting paid $50 million every movie and the other one maybe they say let's change up Captain America. 
So I do think that's the perfect time for them to kill off some characters. And since they haven't done it yet, they can literally go in any direction with Infinity War. Exactly. They're going to try to follow most of the the comic book, but they're already condensing Infinity War to one movie. Originally, when it was announced... One seven-hour movie. uh, When it was announced like five years ago, six years ago, it was supposed to be be two two parts. And now it's only going to be one movie, which leads me to believe we're going to have a pretty... uh, pretty final conclusion in Infinity War which branches out to whatever, wherever direction they want to go. Yeah. yeah, I think also they, in order to really make Thanos like the supreme villain that he is um, he needs to kill off a couple characters. Agreed. That's the only way you can yeah. give the weight to him. Otherwise, right. he's just another throwaway and that's really not what he's supposed to be. But after that, as far as with the character, I, I'm hoping that there's like a little bit of jump in, in age, like maybe up to senior, senior year, year. Yeah. Uh, still in high school maybe, but senior year, um, where he's grown a little bit. He's got maybe that responsibility to shoulder now coming out of Infinity War, and uh, the powers have developed a bit more. A bit larger scale once he has the experience from Infinity War, um, and a little bit more of his powers on display. I think that's the direction they're going, kind of giving him the mantle of uh, of Tony Stark if he does yeah. uh, pass on and if not leading the Avengers, at least being kind of an integral part of it going forward. I would like to see him probably senior year again. I would like to see him probably with Gwen Stacy again. Don't yeah. put him with MJ yet. No, I agree. If you go Spider-Man 3 and they're in college and you kill off Gwen Stacy again, which is what you should do, and then you go with MJ maybe in the third or the fourth movie, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Don't bring in Harry Osborn yet. Wait until they're in college for that. Try to keep it separated from those Raimi films, from the webverse, for, for now. For as long as possible. Yeah, for as, yeah. as long as possible, and really work with these characters. I guess we're stuck with the AI in the Spider-Man suit. I don't need it, but I understand that it will be there if it's the Stark-made suit. The next movie will build off of this one, and you'll get more of the Sinister Six villains. You might even eventually get Venom going back and forth, or Spider-Man back and forth with these. So I'm looking forward to what they do with these individual Spider-Man movies, keeping them shrunken down. Don't make them world-ending movies. Yeah, agreed. You have to keep that at this point. You set that tone. But I think they should also be doing that with all of their individual movies because anytime there is some kind of world-ending event in one of their solo movies, Mm -hmm. you're always like, well, where are the other Avengers? Right. That was the uh, problem in Suicide Squad where you're like, oh, the world's going to end. But Batman, yeah, the Flash, and Wonder Woman are just <laughs> sitting by going, don't worry, these guys got it. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah. I'm really interested to see, because like you guys had mentioned, there's a bit of a, a timeline issue from this movie. The time between Civil War and Infinity War is going to be really important, because if it's, say, sh- if it's shortly after, um, it's going to mean a lot to Spider-Man's timeline, because Civil War takes place as a sophomore in high school. So if it's not five years after... Where's the second Spider-Man movie going to go? Is, Back in is time. He, yeah. <laughs> well, I just hope that timeline makes sense. Well, I no. Guess, well, is, if, is my hope. If they're already saying that the second or the sequel to Spider-Man Your hair Homecoming, looks absolutely ridiculous right now. <laughs> that if the sequel to Spider-Man is the Infinity War aftermath, you can't then go back in time. Yes, to, no, it's true. To yeah. set up what happened. I, I guess I hope if if Tony Stark dies and if Captain America dies, which are probably the two most likely characters to yeah. die, I hope that. They do a really cool, uh, strange in Peter Parker aspect because those two personalities together can kind of make a Tony Stark presence. Magic and tech. Right, yeah, right. Together. So yeah. I think that that's, I guess, my hope for where it goes. 
before final thought, just what do you think happens in Ragnarok? I think this is where we're going to get our Guardians connection. They keep saying it's not going to be until Infinity War, but I think they have to come in because they're Guardians of the Galaxy and some sort of epic event happens to Asgard, which almost guarantees that the Guardians have to be aware of it or they'll be affected by it. So I feel feel like at some point they're going to come in at Ragnarok. Yeah, if nothing else, I mean, you have the Hulk rampaging throughout the galaxy. Like That's something that gets (laughs) the Guardians' attention, I feel like. So I think that's kind of what happens. Um, Thor and the Hulk end up on that planet and kind of take it over on their way to getting Asgard back, and that's where you get the tie-in. Like They create enough of a disturbance there that... Um, the guardians at least get wind of it maybe we just see a scene where you know they get notified of what's going on somehow and and like they start to investigate and follow the hulk back to earth uh, something like that but i think you need some kind of connection to set up infinity war i think that you'll get something involving the stones you'll get something involving thanos just to kind of tease you into it so that's just yeah that's just me mac final thought uh, so uh, last week, the Spider-Man episode leading into this one talked about how Chad Kroger's Hero was the theme song for the original Spider-Man. And? And when I talked about it, I, I sang a little bit of it. Turns out <laughs> I sang the Foo Fighters' My Hero. Yeah. Completely different song. Way better song. <laughs> way better song. Um, so I, naturally, I had to come out with my definitive rankings of hero songs. Of course. There's five pretty clear ones to me. There's other songs with the word hero in it. There's, these are, there's roughly 150 overall. <laughs> these are the quintessential, <laughs> the definitive five hero songs. Number one, Enrique, My Hero. Epic, slow dance, middle school slow dance. Can't beat that shit. Yeah. Number two, <laughs> Foo Fighters, My Hero, which I'm okay if you put that number one, but I just have a soft spot for Enrique. Number three, yeah. Mariah Hero. It's just, I mean, great song. Mariah back in her heyday. Four, David Bowie, Heroes. I have it number four. Not a big Bowie guy. Understandable. If you're a Bowie guy, you put it number one. Number five, Kroger and Josie Scott. Shout out to Davey for pointing out that Josie Scott is the the co-lead singer on that song, the lead singer of Saliva, uh, Hero, number five. Solid list. Ben, where can we find you? (laughs) If you need to find me, I'll call you or somebody will call you. (laughs) Please send a a pigeon or a flare. But a quick final thought, just because you guys are video game guys, I know I, I... know that uh, Max on Twitch now. Mm. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, unfortunately, it'll be over by the time this episode gets out to the world on Tuesday. But the Games Done Quick speedrunning marathon has been on Twitch all week. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of that or checked it out. They've already raised over a million dollars for Doctors Without Borders. Wow. It is cool. really cool. Um, any game from your childhood you could think of, there's people beating it in less time than you could possibly imagine. And some of the stuff they pull off is really cool. So. They put all the videos up on YouTube. Uh, I think you guys would like it. I'm sure some of the listeners would like it. Um, but worth checking out. They do it every six months. So there'll be another one uh, in the winter, too. They do that one with the Prevent Cancer Foundation. So that's really cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. Mac, yeah. where can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mac and Goo Podcast. I am at Fleetwood J Mac. Goo is at Goo Pogs. G O G U P O G S. Goo is back in talk form. We're on Facebook, Mac Ampersand Goo. We're on Spreaker, Castbox, TuneIn, Stitcher. Google Play. Did I miss one? Did I miss one? Tumblr? MacandGoo.com. Oh, yeah, right. Our website. MacandGoo.com. That's important, too. But most importantly, we're on iTunes. You got to get on there, rate, review, subscribe, five stars. Uh, And if you leave us a raving review, we're going to get you a fun pack of Mac and Goodies and a fantastic T-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That is Watertown Sportswear, 34 Mont Auburn Street, Watertown, Mass. 617-924-1840. Watertown Sportswear, 34 Mount Auburn Street, Watertown, Mass. 617-924-1840. Foxhound! 
All right, so as you can tell, this episode is roughly seven hours long. <laughs> so we're not going to have a Tuesdays, Goosedays, two-time Goosedays. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed this. We'll be back to two episodes next week. Mac, live every day like it's Goose Day. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.